0: dance rhythm known as Cumbia in South America started in Colombia. Inspired by the traditions of the once enslaved Afro-Colombian community, Cumbia would evolve across the continent over the years, resulting in almost every Central and South American nation creating their own unique version of the genre. But no country flew higher with their adaptation of Cumbia than Peru. It started close to the Pacific coast in the capital of Lima when surf, guitar, and bass were added to the traditional groove. By the time this new Peruvian cumbia made its way east over the Andes Mountains and into the Amazon, it had become a psychedelic affair called Chicha, led by the band Juanico y Isucambo. Throw on your best Sunday tunic and parrot feather headband, and let's explore El Gran Caqui, y Isucambo's debut album from nineteen seventy-two. I'm Brennan. Welcome to Boogie Chits. Africans were enslaved and transported to Colombia starting in the early 16th century. They were forced to work the gold mines and sugar plantations of western Colombia in places now known as Choco, Nariño, and Valle de Cauca. Over time, Africans would play key roles in the struggle for Colombia's independence from the Spanish crown. Historians note that three of every five soldiers in Simon Bolivar's famous army were African. To Americans, uh, Simon Bolivar is considered the George Washington of South America. He rejected slavery. He was greatly inspired by Washington and especially Thomas Jefferson in his leadership. He, uh, Bolivar even sent his son to college at the University of Virginia. In 1851, slavery was abolished in Colombia, but the plight of freed afro Colombians was a rough one. They were They were forced to inhabit the jungle. There they learned how to live in the Amazon and coexist harmoniously with Colombia's indigenous people. Out of this new multi-ethnic community came the musical rhythms and folk dance traditions known as Cumbia. Specifically, Cumbia comes from funeral traditions as well as courting ceremonies of the Afro-Colombian community. The core rhythm of cumbia is based around the use of three drums and some flare instruments like flutes, depending on the era. But the heart of the cumbia sound is kept by the guacharaca, or its cousin, the giro. The guacharaca is made out of palm tree. It's like a notched cane that you scrape with a fork-like instrument across it to make the distinctive uh, scratching sound. The guacharaca is really what keeps the overall groove in cumbia music. Traditional cumbia use, used a rhythmic pattern called the clave, which is common in Afro-Cuban music, like, like reggaeton. Since it's slide into Colombia in the 19th century, cumbia has evolved into countless subgenres all over South America. You know, at this point, pretty much every country down there has some has a form of uh, cumbia. Panama... Bolivia, Ecuador, Argentina, but by far the most banging Cumbia to be found was created during the mid-1960s through the 1970s in the country of Peru. Peruvian Cumbia came of age in the mid-1960s, during a time when the population of Peru was made up of generally three worlds. From left to right on a Peruvian map, you have the the Spanish and mestizo residents of the West Coast, which includes Lima, the capital of Peru. Mestizo meaning mixed ethnicity, Spanish and indigenous uh, combo pack. Second are the indigenous villagers of the Andes Mountains near the center of the country. And then finally, you have the natives of the Amazonian jungle to the east. The architect of Peru's version of Cumbia is Enrique Delgado, born in Lima in 1938. His parents were from the mountains, however, musician migrants from the Andes. Enrique's dad played a charango. It's a traditional Andean stringed instrument, like a lute type of thing. And his mother sang huayno, H-U-A-Y-N-O. It's traditional Andean balladry. Enrique was destined to be a musician and grew up in Lima listening to the popular Musica Criola, Peruvian Walter poke is the best way I can describe criolla. The sound originally descended from Europe, Vienna, places like that. So, you, so huayno was more traditional rural mountain music, and criolla was popular with the city folk. So, two worlds for um for Enrique. Enrique was given a guitar by his uncle, and he got tremendous at it by running scales up and down the fretboard. He, he went nuts on it, just shredding. Criolla riffs every day like a little uh, Peruvian chiflado. During the 1950s, tropical sounds from Cuba and especially American rock and roll started to gain popularity towards the west coast of Peru. In Lima, surf rock, that's Dick Dale, uh, the safaris, you know, fast guitar, act, wipe out fast guitar action. That stuff got really popular. Leading into the 1960s, bands like Los Yorks and Traffic Sound would scorch Peruvian crowds. These bands are like straight-up American garage rock made by like Peruvian dudes in Havana shirts. It's two guitars, bass, and drums. Band members wear sunglasses indoors. You know, they got it down. Enrique Delgado, he loves this scene. Concerts are full of energy, and surf rock is all about ripping guitar riffs. Enrique bounces around with surf rock bands for a couple years, you know, attempting to rociar su guitar come all over the faces and in the ears of the Peruvian dance hall crowds. I rolled that motherfucker. I rolled that R. Enrique has his true moment of divinity in 1968. He decides to take the percussion and rhythm of Colombian cumbia and meld it with his rock guitar and bueno and, bueno and criolla melodies to create a new sound, a new sonic ambrosia, if you will, Peruvian cumbia. The band he puts together is called Los Destellos, The Sparkles. So you have your guitar and bass from the surf rock bands, and then you add a few uh, mullet heads on percussion, bongo player, timbales, and of course... The Guacharaca and uh, people of Peru rejoice. You have your own native cumbia. So, Los Desteos released their first album in 1968, self titled, and then En Orbita in 1969. En Orbita is awesome. They really hit big in 1970, though, when they dropped the song Elsa, and it sells like over 1 million copies in Peru massively popular jam it would definitely be included on now that's what I call cumbia volume one los Desteos, pretty awesome and leg- legendary Enrique died in the mid 90s but I think his sister kept the band going they've had like n- over 90 different members since the band's inception uh my fr- I'll tell you right now my fr- my personal favorite band from this subset of Peruvian cumbia is Los Diablos rojos the red Devils Great album released in 1970 called Al Rojo Vivo, Red Hot. There's a song on there called Sacolo Sacolo And it is a, uh, it, it's a total banger banger. Okay, we move east over the Andes to the Amazonian city of Pucallpa. In 1966, merchant and musician Juan Wong Parades, that's Juan J. U-A-N, Wong, W-O-N-G, Paradez, decide, decided to form a group to share and play some upbeat music throughout the city. Wong Paradez is of Chinese ancestry and loved playing music with his accordion at Peruvian Peruvian jungle parties. These things were known as Tawampas. Wong Parades basically worked the ra- right... This guy, he basically worked a regular job during the day, and then he tore up the jungle at night with his accordion. I think he played saxophone, too. During this time, Parade's son, Juan Wang Papalizio, was finishing up his military service and really wanted to collaborate with his father's band. He recruited his friend, Nuo Fashin, N- first name N-O-E, Nuo Fashin, F-A-C-H-I-N. He recruited his friend to join, who took on lead guitar and composing duties. So Juan Wang, Popolizio and Neo Fashin worked together to select six new young natives from the area who share their love for exotic rhythms and the modern tracks that filled, filtered in from Colombia and Brazilian borders. Altogether, these members became one of the best cumbias definitely one of the best psychedelic cumbia bands ever. Juan Eco Isucambo. The members of the band included Juan Wang Popolizio as the director, keyboard player, and arranger. He's the, he's the boss. Nuo Facin on lead guitar. And then you have Willendoro Kasik as the vocalist. Also joining the Juan eco party are Walter Dominguez on bass guitar, Rosendo Hidalgo on drums, Wilberto Murietta on second guitar, Juvencio Pinchi on percussions, and then you have Airo Aguiar Tejada on bongos. So Juan Wong and Nuo take the Enrique formula of Peruvian Cubia and now add keyboard, Farfisa organ, and extra flair to the sound. You know, these guys, they were from the Amazon but. Pucallpa was a city and these guys were not technically like Amazon natives. It's the actual city sprang up in the Peruvian Amazon after oil was discovered. The band wanted to celebrate the native community that they were from and they dressed in tunics like their Shipibo neighbors. The indigenous Shipibo people kept one foot in the past by wearing traditional handmade textiles and keeping a diet sustained of like local food fish and fruits. And then they kept the other foot in the future. Friendly relationship with the Peruvian city folk. They made beautiful ceramics sold on the street. Good relationship. So they have one foot in the future, one in the past. But let me tell you something. The rest of the body is on fucking Mars. The Shipibo are all about ayahuasca medicine work and rituals. In addition to being a ripping guitar player, Nuo Facin also knew how to pre- prepare ayahuasca tea and conduct ceremonies. Juanico Isukambo is lit to the tits on a regular basis, and what we get is a joyful, hypnotic groove leaving trails across the sky. Fucking awesome album. In 1972, they were signed by Peruvian record label Infopesa and recorded their first LP, El Gran Cacique, the album title taken from the name of their singer, Willendoro Cacique. It's 12 tracks, 37 minutes in change. Each song is like three minutes long, and if you like one, you'll most likely like them all. Mi Miruna Mi Mula is the opening song of El Gran Cacique. Translates to They Stole My Mule, which is most likely a reference to the struggles of life of villagers in the Andes. Juan Wong's Farfisa organ, Nuo's guitar, and of course... Watch a rocker action. It's all here. How about these two mules in Peru? In 2013, 19-year-old Melissa Reed and her pal Michaela McCollum, both from Scotland, were arrested at Lima's International Airport with 11 kilos of cocaine in their luggage. They told the authorities that they were forced at gunpoint to hold the goods, like drug mules. Yeah, right. The girls were sentenced to six years each, but only did three and were sent back home to Scotland. Aguita de Sachichoro is up next More of the same Nuo fascine dropping some hot riff And the percussion is Really popping in this one You also have Wilberto Murieta on second guitar, don't forget. Laying down some added texture. I'll never forget you, Wilberto. So Sachichoro is the name of an ancient stream located in the Amazonian city of Iquitos. Up until the 1940s, it was a place where inhabitants met to clean clothes and collect drinking water. It became like a liquid center of town. The Sachachoro stream started to dry up in the late 1940s and would eventually become land for a trade emporium that still exists there today. The stories shared in the waters of the Sachachoro would generate myths and legends that would be recounted by troubadours over the years, including this jam. There have been several planned attempts to restore the stream, but it never quite worked out. La Marcha del Sapo is the third song, one of my favorites on the album, No Doubt. Translates in English to the Frog March. Although I am sure there are interesting frogs in the Peruvian rainforest, I believe these guys are shooting ayahuasca beams from their parrot feather hats into the night sky on this one. Drink up, boys. Ayahuasca, commonly translated from the Quechua language as vine of the spirits or vine of the dead is a psychedelic beverage originally from the Amazon rainforest used in different shamanic settings for a variety of medicinal, spiritual, and cultural purposes. It is prepared by boiling in water and the mixture of the vine Banisteroposis capi. Nuo Fashin often said his best songs came to him while under the influence of ayahuasca. Nuo's nickname, by the way, is El Brujo. The wizard. La Marcha del Sapo is also the first time we hear from Willendora Cacique on vocals. He's he's the album's namesake, yet he's like the least prominent component in this uh, in this outfit. Iquitos was home of the sacred Sachachoro, but it's also one of the places to go if you're looking for an ayahuasca retreat. It's like part of tourism in the eastern jungle sector of Peru, which is by far the most common place to take ayahuasca, being that is where the plant grows natively and where it has been consumed for many hundreds of years. Common hubs for jungle tourism in Peru include Iquitos, Puerto Maldonado, and Tarapoto. Another banger at four, this time with a romantic touch. La Sirenita Enamorada, In Love with the Little Mermaid. Probably my overall favorite song on the album. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't do like a jerk off New Jersey meathead version, which is what I am version of like a cumbia dance when listening to this stuff. I I like still air guitar the shit out of this stuff. I'm getting like excited as we, as we move on with these clips. I I love this album. I, I think anybody, if you're listening to this episode, listen to this stuff, give it a couple run through. It's half an hour. Absolutely fantastic. You get like emotional once it gets, you know, inside of you. Um, so as said earlier, Juaneco Isu Combo may have been from the jungle in theory, but there are plenty of cities in that region of the country after the after the oil boom. The combo grew up in Pucallpa; they were city folk, but were very respectful and aware of the problems that came with big oil. The lyrics of psychedelic cumbia are loaded with thoughts on the social and economic issues of indigenous Peruvians, including invasive uh, oil probes. From 2000 to 2019, there were 474 registered oil spills in the Amazon oil fields of Peru. 65% of those were caused by pipe corrosion and failed oil infrastructure. An Argentinian oil company called Plus Petrol were the owners of 95% of the oil blocks these spills came from. Oh, boogie chits putting Plus Petrol on notice. Shape up, you salty foofs. There was a a terrible oil spill off the coast of Peru in 2022, other other side of the Andes on the west coast of Peru. Just north of Lima at the country's biggest oil refinery called La Pampilla, an Italian-marked tanker called Mer Doricum Burst a pipe as it was departing, sending 10,000 barrels of crude oil pouring into the Pacific. Disaster. Thousands of fishermen were instantly put out of commission, and, you know, the wildlife toll was obviously severe. Disgusting. Yet my, um, you know, yet my Subaru Forester still needs gas, though. Heavy stuff, but we got the, um, the little bird on deck. El Pajarito Pajero. Chicha is the um, sort of the nickname for the psychedelic cumbia that Juan Isucambo Sucambo plays. The most notable difference between older cumbia and chicha are those, you know, the electric guitars, keyboards, and synthesizers playing those Criolla melodies from the Andes Mountains, you know, the ones that Enrique Delgado loves so much. I'm not sure if Los Testeos are considered chicha. I think they are. Who knows? Who knows where the, where the genre line where the genre line is drawn with these bastards. Side A of El Gran Casi closes with El Capelito, English translation, The Chapter, a fitting title. Bass player Walter Dominguez really having fun on this one. Maybe he took a, a swig out of Nuo's uh, punch bowl before plugging in. the record infopesa records is responsible for distributing el gran cacique to our ears it is a company peruvian born and bred infopesa stands for industria Fonográfica peruana sa and was founded sa i guess for south america and was founded by celebrated music producer alberto maravi in 1971 cumbia bolero baladas Chicha, pop rock, salsa, Infopesa has it all and is your starting point for old school Peruvian music. The label did everything on site. R- recording studio to create the records, had an in-house press for manufacturing, and then out the door for the world to hear. Moravi founded the label after breaking with his former partner, Jorge Boteri. They both owned a previous label called Dinsa. Infopesa still reissues tons of old records. Pretty solid operations. Cool. Side B starts with Vaquilando con Ayahuasca. As previously noted, guitarist Nuo Fashin was an ayahuasca shaman of sorts capable of brewing up a batch for his bandmates. Vaquilando con Ayahuasca is his compositional tribute to the substance. that's info Pesa's secretary on vocals they called her into the studio from her front desk and she, she does a great job she's not like she's you know just performing she's not like blasting herself or it's not like she's like it's not like rocket queen where she's like having sex on microphone wan Wan-wong. wang wan wang's wang wan wang's wang Bisa ate a beat on the isthmus of a beath. Okay, a fellow named Hiberto Garcia seems to be one of the go-to maestros for ayahuasca ceremonies these days. He comes from the Shipibo tribe along the Ucayali River in the Amazon. Hiberto studied biology in college in Lima and eventually became a Mariah, which is the ninth and highest grade of shaman in the Shipibo tribe tradition. For roughly fifteen hundred to two thousand U.S. dollars, not including airfare, you can book a one-week mixed ayahuasca retreat at Yossi Ocha with Herberto. They have a nice website. The package includes seven days, six nights lodging at Yosi Retreat, four—yes, you heard me—four ayahuasca ceremonies, one San Pedro chuchuma ceremony, rapé rituals. That's like tobacco snuff. Then you get oral cleansing plant and flower baths. What? A mud bath, food, water, and personal consultations with Roberto himself. Nice. Yossi Ocha also offers cacao ceremonies, if that's your thing. Whether you get coked up and uh, masturbate in your hut while the rest of the gang is staring at frogs in the bush. We move on to Mujer Hilendera, the sewing woman. This is a beauty, and Willindoro is back on the mic. I believe this is actually a rework of a classic Brazilian tune. Willendoro Kaki died in 2017 of pancreatic cancer, and he's highly regarded in the world of cumbia. I mean, this album was named after him, and he's barely on the fucking thing. Cumbia Palaciera is the ninth track. Cumbia of the Mountains. The cumbia percussion gets the gold star in this uh, song, really pumping. Juan Wong laying down organ in the background for uh, heightened tension. Cumbia has quite a wide berth as far as variations go and has evolved over the years. Here are recommendations for a sample of Cumbia, both old and new, for old school. Climico Sarmiento y su Orquestra Bomba y Maracas is the album. 1961, this album showcases the introduction of the double bass into Cumbia, which gives it a, it gives it a pop. Calamico Sarmiento was a Colombian band leader, sax player, and composer. It's it's a fun listen. For a relatively recent example, Chancha V. Ria Arriba, 2010, Pedro Canale, an Argentinian artist, creates cumbia-inspired electronic music. The, The opening track of Ria Arriba was used in Breaking Bad. Walter White with that stupid hat. Volando is next and is Textbook Chicha. Volando translates to flying in English, which is kind of sad given the fate of this band, which I'll, which I'll get to. Next to last song is Bolero para ti, Bolero for you. The Bolero is a traditional romantic Spanish dance. Bolero also translates to little coat, fat guy in a little bolero. Obesity is actually more common in women in Peru. Roughly 25% of Peruvian women over 18 are considered in the obese range, 17% for men. That's actually below the regional average of 30%. Yeah. The United States nationally plods around the 42% mark. We are in the Louis Anderson zone with those numbers. We close out the El Gran Cacique Buffet with La Incognita. The band is, uh, they're firing on all cylinders for the finale finale. And this song includes Wan Wang's keyboard on full display. He's no Beethoven, but he's got the heart. incognita the unknown here are three fun facts about peru that you may not know or do know i don't know the incan citadel known as machi picchu is the most visited tourist destination in peru Lo- located high up in the andes it was crowned one of the new seven wonders of the world in 2007 over 70 percent of the world's alpacas can be found in peru Maybe you can pet one if you go to the, uh, Oce- the Yosiocha retreat. Peruvians first discovered wild potatoes on the shores of Lake Titicaca over 10,000 years ago. You can find over 4,000 varieties of potatoes growing in the Peruvian highlands. Juanico Isucambo would make three more albums for InfoPesa Records in the 1970s. They would relocate to Lima as their home base after the release of El Gran Cacique. The fact that they wore tunics and parrot feather hats proved to accidentally be a great marketing tool, and they were an absolute hit on the coast. One eco combo would be the leaders of the Ola Amazonica, the Amazonian wave. Chicha was born in the jungle, but it ended up thriving across the entire country. The combo would tour all over Peru and then cross borders into Brazil, Colombia, and Ecuador. Often dismissed by the upper class because of their street vibe. On May 2, 1977, after playing a rocking Labor Day set, a handful of members of Juaneco Isu Combo boarded a private plane headed back to Pucallpa. The plane crashed, killing five of nine members of the current lineup at that time. Bassist Walter Dominguez. Ed Vasquez, Iro Aguilar, and both guitarists, good old Wilfredo Marietta, and unfortunately El Brujo, Nuo Fashin. The wizard died before I was even born. Band director Juan Wang Papalozio and Willindoro Cacique were not on the plane. They traveled separately because they had to pick up pressings of of their new album that the, the new album that the band had just got done with. In 1994. Juan Wong died of a heart attack. His children, Ophelia and Juan, took over management of the band's affairs and a tribute tour was organized to celebrate the work of the Chicha Innovator. El Gran Cacique is now considered an essential cumbia record for crate diggers and frog watchers alike. In 2007, Brooklyn nightclub and label Barbase released a compilation called Chicha, Psychedelic Cumbias from Peru. It was surprisingly successful. The only reason it w- it was released was because the owner of the club went to Peru and discovered Chicha probably while tripping nutsack on some uh, steeped El Brujo. Info Pesa Records saw the saw the moderate success of that compilation in America and have also released collections of Chicha chestnuts from the 60s, 70s, 80s. In Pucallpa, some schools, they teach the story of Juan Isucambo in history class. I first heard this album when Infopesa reissued El Gran Cacique in 2018. For me personally, it takes time for like a lot of musique internationale that I that I listen to to sink in. Maybe it's intimidation. Maybe it's a sense of musical overwhelm. I don't know. But uh, just like El Brujo's Ayahuasca Potion, it takes time to steep. But when it hits... It hits, and that's a great feeling when you when you finally understand and relate to something that might otherwise remain foreign. And I wish that uh, feeling for you. I hope you uh, listen to El Gran Cacique complete, and it inspires you to dive in, dive into the rest of uh, the chicha scene. And if you don't like if you don't like that uh, chicha, you can suck not only Juan Wang's wang but mine as well. New album, new episode next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.